Thank you for listening in right now. Glad to have you here. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's connect online. You can reach Greener Thoughts by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in each episode's show notes. You can do so via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. So regarding announcements for this podcast episode, there's just a few short ones. One of them is that March is always going to be Women's History Month. So congrats to that. And then the last one is that Earth Hour is on March the 27th. Um, and the changes occur like every year. So it's usually the last uh, Saturday of March. And it appears to be around the hours of 8 to 9 p.m. so look out for that annually. Headlines from the Hemispheres is the next segment. It is a quick briefing on environmental news globally. The first headline is all about the planets. So new minor planets found beyond Neptune. So that news was found on ScienceDaily.com in the Science News section. For all those who love planets, that's a great place to go ahead and look for information, current news. And so there was data that was done out of the Dark Energy Survey. And researchers from the University of Pennsylvania found tons of different objects called uh, trans Neptunian objects, uh, they found 300 of them. And they also found uh, different minor planets that were in far-reaching solar systems. uh, And they found 100 new discoveries. So they were inundated with tons of new information from this. And so the research is published in the Astrophysical Journal Supplemental series or supplement series that they have and uh, they also described in the study a new approach to finding similar types of objects and after many many months of method development and analysis the researchers found approximately 316 TNOs including 245 discoveries that were made uh, by the dark energy survey and 139 new objects not previously published anywhere. And with only 3,000 objects that were currently known, uh, this means that the DES catalog represents about 10% of all known TNOs. The second headline is all about the coronavirus, but about utility companies. So utilities face pressure to stop shutting off uh, services amid the coronavirus pandemic. And you can learn more about that on HuffPost in the environment section. Regulators are are really at a minimum, at least in eight states in the U.S. and five cities have been directed to um, 
maintain utilities and these connections to ratepayers that are really struggling to pay their bills. Um, as officials have urged the Americans, you know, stay home during the coronavirus. And so nearly 50 companies are voluntarily uh, postponing shutoffs and uh, shutdowns of uh, taxpayers utilities there and those who pay for the utilities or were paying for the utilities uh, as of a survey done by the Energy and Policy Institute. And then last but not least, there is the headline also about uh, the pandemic, but about Trump and how he is really pulling for uh, non-renewables. So even a pandemic can uh, not even a pandemic can stop Trump from pushing fossil fuels. Again, that also is found in the HuffPost in the environment section. Um, for all those who didn't know, Trump is considering bailing out the oil and gas industry, uh, which has been affected because of uh, loss of product from Saudi Arabia and Russia because of the overseas price fluxes and also because of the coronavirus. The Interior Department of the U.S. is also moving forward with uh, fossil fuel uh, leases and sales. And the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management offered 78 million acres in the Gulf of Mexico. Now, the Coalition to Protect America's National Parks is an organization I never really heard of, but they're representing uh, current and former park employees, and they called on the U.S. Department of the Interior to halt oil and gas auctions as well as uh, any public comment periods and major uh, policy proposals. So this news comes out of the Environmental Health News, which is also known as EHN.org. And, you know, the reason for this uh, episode is mainly because there's always been a strong tie for, um, you know, learning about BPA in babies and, you know, about uh, those who are about to give birth. You know, why are uh, those who are some of the most vulnerable um, you know, babies, and why are they always put at risk? You know, BPA is a serious chemical, and it's it's known and been known about for a long time, for decades. And so research is always coming out about BPA, but yet nothing has been done to really stop or, or quash or quell, um, you know, what this chemical does to people and still does um, and how harmful it is. And so, um, you know, it's getting out of control, and there's been some really bad news um, concerning it, and specifically, um, you know, about research and that babies, no one is safe. Babies, uh, you know, young adults, children, those who are elderly, um, and the effects are dire. And so we're going to talk a little bit about this recent uh, research piece and sort of what we can learn from it and uh, what to do next. So when, when we're going to start with, you know, the bad news um, about BPAs and sort of an overview of the research um, and then some details about it. So uh, who, the who about it is that these are uh, South Chinese pregnant women that were studied and were the main focus of the research study. And so the research was studying 
um, and observing the different types of BPA in pregnant women, uh, in uh, the fetuses, and you know the placentas, and all types of other uh, components. And this was published online, and uh, it was done. And it was studied from the. Uh, I'm probably going to butcher this, but the uh, Guangdong uh, Key Laboratory of Environmental Pollution and Health in Jinan uh, University in China, probably mispronouncing that, um, and it was published in February 2020. And so, you know, why it was to seek the effects of the different uh, by uh, bisphenols. And so there are a ton of things that were looked at. So uh, first of all, the, the researchers looked at 15 different uh, bisphenols, including BPA, which is like the most famous one, but there's also BPS and other types of substitutes that most people don't know about. And there were 60 pairs of maternal plasma that were studied. So uh, there was maternal plasma that was studied, you know, from uh, the mothers. Uh, there was the cord plasma and the placenta samples. Also, those were also studied uh, from the pregnant women, again, in uh, South China. And so four uh, bisphenols that were frequently detected uh, within the samples were BPA, BPS, BPAF, and BPE. Now, the researchers noted that uh, with all the samples, they, quote, exhibit uh, a similar estrogenic potency and greater reproductive toxicity than BPA, uh, end quote. And that's regarded as um, BPSIP uh, is extremely toxic, according to them. Uh, this study is really... Um, you know, on the backs of other studies that have talked about and really lamented, um, you know, telling everyone the effects of BPA in modern times. So, you know, we know that this is an endocrine disruptor, and that's what the uh, study really talks about. And it talks about how it scrambles hormone signals, and it's linked to things like cancer, diabetes, infertility, obesity. And in utero, BPA exposure is really horrible because it kind of, um, it puts off and derails um, brain development, other organs are essential for the body. Um, and also, it, it manifests itself later in life and it rears its ugly head, uh, especially when it comes to early puberty for um, those who were exposed when they were in utero. And it also increases things like um, anti uh, um, uh, attention, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder (ADHD), um, anxiety-related disorders. So you know it, it affects mental health, and this is a, a toxic man-made chemical we're talking about. Um, there are you know talks of replacements, but um, they aren't really all the way better because they're just chemically structured a tiny bit, but they are similar to BPA. And they are also uh, seen as connected to obesity issues, reproductive issues um, in uh, different studies. Now, uh, the study that we're talking about uh, with the women, it links uh, BPAF, which is similar to BPA, um, and it's touted as being like a replacement. It was found um, in the cord plasma with uh, both uh, uh, babies that were suffering pr from premature birth uh, and uh, low birth weights. Now, there was a study um, coming out of the journal Toxicology, Toxicological um, Sciences back in 2017 
um, and it studied and found six substitutes that were used in products that said that they were BPA free, but they also had estrogen mimicking effects um, on uh, breast cancer cells. So they acted like BPA and they did just as much damage and they mimicked um, estrogen. Let's talk about the future of BPA in hopes of safer alternatives, even though uh, there's so much research to go into that. Um, so the U.S. Uh, Food and Drug Administration, or FDA, they've talked about how, oh, BPA, you know, at, at different levels isn't really um, something that people should be, um, you know, worried about and imposes, oh, no harm, but that's not really true at all. Um, and actually, BPA has evolved in its use over the many years, and its market growth is said to um, go ahead and exceed 3% annually. And by 2023, the figure is about 7 million tons uh, of growth, and that's what's to be used. Um, their company, um, Valspar, back in uh, 2019, so pretty recently, they were... Um, acquired by Sherwin-Williams and so they tried to create a replacement for food and drink linings that were traditionally done with BPA. Um, we'll see how um, that alternative holds up but a ton of academic science scientists are really trying to study um, different types of uh, alternatives like uh, tetramethyl uh, bisphenol F or TMBPF really long name, kind of complicated, um, to see if it even has any endocrine disrupting effects at all. Um, I do want to do maybe an update piece to, um, you know, studying this BPA and how it affects babies and other, uh, you know, population groups because it is ever evolving, but at the same time, BPA again has been around for a long time. So, I want to know, like, why are babies never the most protected, even when they haven't even entered the world? Like, since we know that babies can get this horrible uh, chemical substance into their bloodstreams, and it can affect them years down the line, why isn't this chemical already banned in the U.S.? You know, for those who are in the chemical industry, in the manufacturer industry, you know, biochemical industry, oil and gas industry, why isn't this chemical already banned? You know, in the U.S., we have problems, you know, bucking the system, it seems like. Because whenever there's money involved in something or industry is seemingly too big, we just do not uh, cease to amaze each other and to quit it at all costs. You know, I think since BPA is such a dangerous chemical, it should be banned. It should be banned in the U.S. Uh, like it is in other countries, you know, in the European Union, in the EU. It is, you know, banned like thousands of other chemicals. Um, I think, you know, since BPA has been used since the 1960s when it was created, it is so dangerous. It's in plastics. It's in resins. It's in water bottles. It's in food storage containers, medical devices, CDs, baby products, all types of different uh, items and products we use today and still buy. Um, you know, I hate it. I hate that, you know, it's in receipt 
receipts that you get, you know, from buying things um, in stores. Um, maybe not online, but the, the thermal uh, types of receipt papers, it's in them, uh, amongst other chemicals. You know, when will we learn? I, I really hate that, you know, there are agencies and organizations um, at the top levels of our government here in the U.S., and they don't care about safety like they should. Um, you know, and it, it, it stuns me that there are so many other chemicals, not just like BPA, but they're also hazardous and have been around uh, since I can remember. Some of these chemicals, you know, I'm really familiar with because they're in uh, different products like hair products. I, I don't use, uh, you know, non-natural hair products and things like that, body care products, skincare products. But I remember um, seeing, you know, petroleum, petrolatum, on a hairdresser uh, type of uh, products or fragrance, you know, was a, as a notable uh, ingredient. And that would be in all types of shampoos, you know, perfume sometimes, um, and other things as well, you know. And the EU has banned, you know, like I said, tons of chemicals. They've banned um, avrobenzone, uh, titanium, fragrance, talc, which is really, really caustic. Um, and, you know, PPD, uh, hydroquinone, which is a skin lightener, sure, but over time it um, has um, the ability to cause cancer. Um, and most people don't, you know, recognize that. Uh, parabens, these are harmful as well. Petroleum, you know, that's, it's in its name. It's derived from uh, oil. And that's in a hair product. You can ask any of your American friends, you know, those in the U.S., you know, check in any beauty supply product, uh, you know, you're bound to find derivatives of oil, of gas, of uh, non-renewable uh, energies. So, you know, the fact that these aren't banned, um, they should be. You know, we always tell in the U.S. how we're, you know, seemingly the most advanced, the most wealthy, or the biggest and baddest, or the, the most powerful. But we can't even ban chemicals that have been around for 60 years. 60 years BPA has been around. And we still cannot get it banned. We still cannot do away with it. Find an alternative that's even safer. You know, us, us learning about the alternatives, they aren't even as safe um, as as having something that isn't BPA because they're they're so similar uh, in structure, um, and then in the alternatives that may be eco friendly, they need to be recognized. They need to be uh, out in the forefront as far as packaging. You know, in all the products I mentioned, you know, people doing away with CDs. Maybe that should happen. Maybe everything should be online when it comes to music like that. Um, and other things like packaging, maybe things should just be made of recycled glass of all colors um, and no plastic presence at all. Like that should be like the norm um, as far as food packaging. I would get on top of that. Like that would be amazing. Or have like maybe rubberized uh, food packaging. That's sort of a thing. Um, there are companies that definitely have that going for them. And the types of rubber that they use, you know, are from tree are from trees or um, more sustainable, you know, and, you know, with the, um, makings of science, how it is today, we could definitely find different alternatives, uh, to, uh, those that have, that happen to, um, have BPA in them. 
uh, the FDA, you know, talked about uh, when I was reading, it looked at how it did ban BPA, sure, in baby bottles back in 2012, in 2012 but they used... Um, they use BPF and BPS and other substitutes, you know, like I said, are still having you be at risk. They are not um, all, all, um, all avoiding um, chemical substitutes. These are dangerous as well. Back in uh, 2003, just, you know, in that year alone, there were 6 billion pounds of BPA being manufactured. Um, within the U.S., you know, if not uh, worldwide, but uh, it's slowed down, but it's still all those different types of, um, you know, products. So cans in their linings, dental sealants, which I didn't know had BPA in them, or uh, polyvinyl chloride, you know, in, in PC, uh, you know, types of plastic. Those are all... Um, I think something that we can do away with, you know, I think that, you know, since 2003, dental sealants have advanced. Um, and so we don't, we shouldn't have to use BPA, a plasticizer, um, a chemical in a dental sealant. Like we should, we should have advanced far beyond using that and thinking it's okay to put in our dentures and, and, and in our, in our oral care regimen um, at all. And that's a, that's a, that's blatant. Like anyone who, who even thought that that was okay to even use in, in, in oral care at all, they just weren't thinking. And, you know, people putting that in their mouths. Um, I think the human exposure to BPA is widespread. Um, and it's so much so that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, um, you know, they detected that BPA is in 93% of Americans. And I haven't heard this stuff going away in our bodies anytime soon. You know, reproducing is a way to somehow uh, rid yourself of some of the chemicals, but it's even in infants, in their placentas. Uh, so, um, you know, this is a huge problem. I Like I said before, I do want to... Um, update this in a future in a future podcast episode. I'm not sure when. Um, maybe when um, there is you know safer alternatives on the market or some testing involved, more research. It's a little bit more um, positive. Um, but I'm glad to have talked about this and learned some things as well. I will leave the uh, research link for you all in the show notes for those who want to check it out because it is pretty thorough. And tons of uh, information within the research article. This is the Mother Earth Minutes, where we review in the next few minutes proactive things we can all do to combat the issue in the episode. And as always, protect Mother Earth. The message for this Mother Earth Minutes is that we can be BPA-free when we try to be. It can be hard, sure, to... Um, you know, be comfortable in using things that we already have, but we've gone past that. You know, we don't want to die um, from having the residual effects of BPA or any other chemical that we use, um, you know, on a daily basis. We want to, you know, elevate from that. Um, and we want to, you know, provide solutions and search for solutions. I think one of the first things we can do 
is to try and find products that are BPA free because more and more manufacturers are creating a BPA free alternatives. Um, I couldn't find an, an, an exhaustive list, so I, I mainly have tips um, for um, you know how to go BPA free. But uh, one of them uh, that you could do is to look for uh, product labels that have something that says BPA free or no BPA. Um, and if it isn't labeled, then uh, you can make sure that um, you know the plastics that are uh, have recycling codes that are three or maybe seven, something in that range, uh, that they may have BPA. So being wary of plastics uh, that are uh, labeled um, in having you know the recycling codes in, in the um, in the triangles or like are three or seven. Or products that you think uh, you know maybe haven't been recalled for their amount of BPA then you should go ahead and do some research you know and just be on the safe side and number two is to cut back on cans or canned goods uh, because you can really reduce uh, your impact of having BPA so this means you know cutting down on you know your corn and uh, carrots and other types of vegetables that usually come in cans you know the frozen uh, varieties are just as healthy and also you can get it fresh uh, sometimes people complain about the price but uh, really you know cans sometimes you know they're kind of bulky they may last for a long time but fresh is always better I love fresh uh, food um, not really into all the canned uh, food because it is uh, unhealthy uh, plus some of that stuff is processed and number three, when it comes to BPA, you can also avoid heating your food like in the microwave. You know, the microwave is hazardous enough, but you, you know, using plastics on top of that is, you know, like a no-no. Um, so putting things like um, polycarbonate plastics in either the microwave or even the dishwasher, you know, use something uh, like ceramic. Uh, parts or glass or um, something that's a better alternative uh, to plastic because that heat will break it down over time uh, and the BPA will leach into your foods. You can also heat it up maybe in an in a, uh, oven. Like for me, I have a new wave uh, that is like amazing. I use that for everything. Um, it's insane. Also, stovetop is just as fine and a stainless steel or some type of copper pot or pan for sauces or for a stir fry or something of that sort that you can use on the stove is, is great for heating up your food as well. Uh, number four is to not use plastics that have been scratched. So this comes in again, you know, not using um, plastic ware when heating up your food, um, maybe for storage, but if it's cold, that's fine. Um, but again, we're trying to avoid using plastics um, whenever possible and if they've been scratched, then they are and you are making yourself a little bit more um, vulnerable to the BPA again leaching, especially when you heat up the plastic and if it's old, you know, just throw it out or recycle it or have it cleaned and then recycled. Uh, number five is to use alternatives. Uh, my favorites are glass. Glass is fine as well, especially if it's like um, durable you can use it in ovens at high temperatures and you should be good to go porcelain uh, stainless steel these are great for you know hot liquids hot foods instead of plastic containers and then um, the last one 
is to request and to, to use online receipts whenever possible or um, have your receipts emailed to you. I did a whole podcast episode on the dangers of uh, thermal heated paper and how there are chemicals within that as well. I provide some really great tips. So I hope you check out that podcast episode as well. The eco fact of the day is that oxygen levels in some tropical oceans have dropped by as much as 40% in the past 50 years. Waters off California are acidifying twice as fast as the global average. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra Magazine in the March-April 2020 issue. The Eco Company Spotlight is a time in Greener Thoughts where I would love to hear about your favorite companies that you think are environmentally related or any products that you may have tried, services. Um, you can let me know, of course. I always appreciate it. Anything by voice message or email. Um, one of the companies that I, I love very much and I've checked out um, you know, tons of their different products, a few of them in particular, is Near East. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but it is amazing uh, to me. So I want to give you some of the history of Near East. So it started back in the 60s, in 1962, and it has small beginnings in Worcester, Massachusetts. And it began as a little tiny family-owned company. And so George and Hannah Kalajian they uh, immigrated from Armenia to the U.S. and they set up a small grocery store in 1940. And now today, uh, a lot of time has passed and so Near East has definitely expanded uh, their family of products that they have. They have 30 different flavors and they have many, many varieties of rice dishes, couscous, uh, options, grains, and they are all authentic and of high quality. Regarding the commitment to sustainability, Near East does a lot. They are fair trade certified. They have mostly kosher certified foods. You can go to neareast.com and then head to products and then kosher certified products to look at the listing of different kosher options that they have for their foods. And they also have recyclable packaging. Now, of the product selection that they have, Near East has tons of different options and many, many flavors like I talked about. They have couscous, they have kosher certified products, they have uh, quinoa blends, they have rice pilafs and different blends there. They have tabbouleh, which is my favorite, and they also have whole grain blends for you. Now, my experience of Near East has been amazing, mainly because I love their brown rice. I love brown rice anything. They have a quinoa and brown rice, which is amazing, and their tabbouleh. I'm a tabbouleh fanatic. Whenever I get tabbouleh or even like buy it from the store, which would be like Giant or maybe somewhere else, uh, I definitely buy it uh, a few boxes in bulk almost. And the prices are really great, you know, 3 to $5 a, a box. It's probably less than that, but within that price point. 
And so it is versatile what you can do with it because tabbouleh, you can sort of make it your own. But usually, you know, you have your tomatoes, you have your uh, olive oil, you have uh, your lemon, you have the great uh, tabbouleh itself in the box, you know, have some water in it. And it's amazing. You know, it's a, a cold dish and you set it and it's perfect um, and you flavor it and flavor it with, with what's there. And so whenever I have um, the rice options or even the tabbouleh, the flavors just speak out at you and they they absorb in your senses and they are amazing by themselves. Um, they're amazing as, uh, you know, options to main course meals that you may have, you know, shareables. They have tons of recipes on the website, which is awesome. You know, for people who maybe are new to cooking, don't know a lot, want to be, you know, adventurous or want to be as close to the original uh, recipes or thought um, when it comes to, you know, having a home-cooked meal and you want to be just like uh, those who created it, you know, invest in, you know, spending some time on the website, writing down your favorite recipes, you know, and have it uh, within you uh, to cook and, and use those recipes often. Um, I suggest it for anyone who wants to try something different. Uh, Near East can be found online on the website, which I mentioned before, neareast.com. Uh, they're also available if you go to uh, Amazon Fresh on Amazon site, uh, Walmart, and other stores online where you can find them. You can also go to contact us at the bottom of their webpage on their website, neareast.com, and then go to product locator and then type in your zip code. Uh, so nationally in the U.S. they are uh, found. Um, but if you go, you know, online somewhere, then you're probably able to find them as well. Um, in store, you can find them at your local grocery store, your your mega chain, super center, big chains that are nationally known, maybe regional stores as well, but not too much international um, as far as I can tell. Um, BJ's is a place where you can find them, Food Lion, Giant, Safeway, Shoppers, Streets Market, Target. Uh, Wegmans, Whole Foods Market, Yes Organic, and tons of other grocery stores across the country. Near East is on the following social media platforms of just Twitter. Um, if you check out Near East Dish, but they're not really as active on there. Um, so they don't really have a ton of social media to work with. So you might as well just contact them directly uh, on the website, which you can do so at www.neareast.com. And they can go to the contact us section at the bottom of the website to call or email them. Thank you for tuning in and listening uh, to this episode. And, you know, you all are the best from everywhere, every corner uh, of the globe that, you know, Green of Thoughts is heard. It really means so much. Um, I love when you all learn something new, when you all, you know, come back for more listening, uh, when you share the podcast episodes and, you know, more people are able to hear them, um, you know, and there's more exchange of information, you know, and there's more buzz about it. Um, and so amongst you all, it's like a little community and I, I freaking love it. Um, you know, I want you to, as always, learn something from Greener Thoughts here. Uh, I want um, for me to learn from you all. You know, again, my, you know, my email is always open. I love voice messages. I've gotten uh, a ton, a few, uh, and so I, I love that exchange there. And I kind of want to, 
you know, make this, you know, the best podcast it can be. And so it really warms my heart when, um, you know, you all come back, you know, all the time and you listen. It really means the world to me and I love you all for it. Don't never forget that. I probably don't say it all the time as I should, but it's like amazing to, to get to podcast and to get to talk to you all. Um, and you all listen and, you know, you all are like amazing. You know, you could be doing tons of other things with different podcasters and what they have going on, but it's great to have a little tight-knit community here um, on Greener Thoughts. So thank you. As always, um, please take care of yourselves and also please take care of the planet. You all deserve it. Take care. Bye.